This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 483 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by EquestrianCollections.com. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Julie Firstman. Julie is widely recognized as one of the nation's leading counselors and litigators in equine law. Her practice crosses all equine breeds and disciplines and serves a wide range of equine professionals and associations. She is the author of several books on equine law for lawyers as well as laypersons, like you and I. In addition, she has written over 200 articles on equine law, and her articles have been published in magazines that include Equus, Sports Illustrated, and Stable Management. Julie's tip today is what to do when clients don't pay. But first, a word about today's sponsor, EquestrianCollections.com. When horse folks need quality name brand products for themselves, their horses, or their stables, they go to EquestrianCollections.com. Why, you may ask? Because of the astounding variety of top names in equestrian products that can be found there. EquestrianCollections.com knows that you want products that you can count on, and they have thousands of them available at competitive prices. And they don't stop there. You can also take advantage of savvy shopper emails, rider rewards programs, and even special unlimited shipping programs. No matter whether you jump in the meter 15 classes, chase the equitation points all the way to Congress or Nationals, or enjoy just your favorite ride around the backyard, EquestrianCollection.com has the brand name products, knowledgeable people, and great service that you need to enjoy your horse time to the fullest. EquestrianCollections.com Now, enjoy today's tip. And thank you again for stopping by, Julie. Uh, nice to hear from you. Well, thanks. It's great to be back. I, uh, I hear we're going to be talking about a topic that no horse stable owner wants to have to deal with, but we always do. What do you do when you have a client who's not paying their bill? And what not to do? <laughs> yep, and, and a big problem with this economy, as bad as it is, this is happening so much, and I'm sure so many people listening either are encountering this in one way or another or as friends who are. This is a common thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, always hear, you always hear the horror story about the uh, somebody having to repossess an animal and press charges because it was neglected, and then the person who was charged with taking care of the animal says, well, the owner wasn't paying the bill. And I'm guessing, and that is, I'm guessing that's not what you should do. That is truly a what not to do. Uh, but what I see a lot of in my law practice is the stable that, uh, as I call it, uh, engages in a botched stableman's lean sale. And that's the stable that says, well, I heard somewhere that possession is nine-tenths of the law. I have the animal, and by golly, I'm selling it. And they do that by taking the animal off to an auction, or they find a buyer down the aisle of, of the barn and, and sell off the animal. But what they don't do is follow the law that the stables are required to follow for selling off the, a horse for non-payment. These laws vary all over the country. Almost every single state has one. I call these laws stableman's lean laws, 
Some states call it that, too. Other states call them agisters, A-G-I-S-T-E-R-S, lean laws. And they're not necessarily unique to horses. These laws are on the books sometimes for uh, people who take in vehicles, cars belonging to others in a parking lot or a garage that repairs them. The laws cover what to do when you're not paid. Ooh, and I have an example. To... Sure. Storage wars. <laughs> Storage there's a, wars? There, well, there's a TV show on, I want to say it's History Channel. And it's just, you know, typical reality show programming. But this guy, this group of people who go out and buy the contents of storage lockers that the people stopped oh, paying the rent on? Is that the same yeah. type of a law that gives that locker, the company owner, the ability to get rid of the stuff that's inside because nobody paid the bill? Surprisingly, it, it's a very similar law. And what that storage company does before the people are bidding to buy this locker, of course, they don't know what the heck is in it, but what the storage companies do and what the stables are uh, interestingly, interestingly required to do is to um, sometimes send a notice out to the owner of the animal, or in, in the case of a storage place, the, the owner of a thing. And the notice says that because of non-payment, there will be a sale. The sale is a public sale. And many of the laws with equine uh, stables will, will require that the sale be conducted by a sheriff's deputy or a court officer, not just anybody who feels like it, but truly somebody who has authority. That's one kind of uh, wave of the laws, if you will. Some of these equine liability laws require equine sale laws, these agisters lien laws or stableman's lien laws, require that the stable has to go to court first before selling the animal and get an order of the court permitting the sale. And that's an expensive option. Those laws are probably in need of some repair because few stables really have the ability and the money to get a lawyer to do that. Yeah, that, that sucks. Is the law. <laughs> $500 cheap trail horse, $600 in back rent. Let's spend $5,000 so we can get him sold. <laughs> it really doesn't make sense. And I'm sure it's everybody's right to go to court and be your own lawyer. But when you're mm -hmm. dealing with these issues, sometimes it gets pretty darn complicated. Uh, but that is what uh, a lot of the laws require. So the bot stableman's lien situation is when the stable just says, I haven't been paid, and they take it into their own hands. The problem that they may find is, the owner of the animal may have a claim against the stable for conversion, and that can sometimes be a criminal issue. Not mm. to mention, the person who buys the horse as a result of that improper sale Ooh, has double a horse that they can't get. Yeah, they can't get title to it, so they have their own claims. It becomes a real mess, and frankly, uh, the criminal implications alone are pretty uh, pretty serious. Wow. But that's the biggest problem that that I see, and what it means is that before anybody looks to sell a horse for non-payment, that is to say, if you're, the, if you're the stable, check the law and make sure what you plan to do is legal. Call an attorney. Just make sure about that. Uh, right, that's a pretty yeah. common problem. Wow. Oh, it so, also just, mm -hmm, go ahead. if I'm George, the stable owner, I have a horse standing on my property that the owner hasn't paid their board in six months, and I've been sending them their board bill every month, and maybe even I've talked to them on the phone a couple times, I've gotten really upset with him, and I've sent him a couple of um, registered letters, and he's just not paying his bill for whatever reason. If I call, because this this sounds like something you should call an attorney in rather than try to figure it out on your own using the Internet unless you really understand the fancy words that lawyers use to define things. What When you call Harold the attorney in town that's been in business for 50 years and your grandpa used him, when you talk to that attorney on the phone, what 
are you going to ask him to find out for you specifically? So that because he's never even looked at a horse. Excellent question. You would be asking Harold, the lawyer who probably knows nothing about horses, if the state has a stableman's lien law or an adjuster's lien law on the books, or if there is a lien law that applies to property owned by somebody else. And if the law exists, uh, the law the lawyer would be looking at the law and telling you what your rights are. Or if nothing else, finding out uh, just that there is a law might be enough for some horse people. They can look at it themselves and figure out what they need to do. So it's a lean uh, that's law. That's the button okay. you push. You want to know if there is that type of law. But that's not to say that's your only remedy. They will have other options, too. They don't oh. always have to sell off the horse. The other option is if the debt grows big enough, maybe they want to sue for nonpayment. Get a judgment, a money judgment. And the uh, benefit of it is uh, sometimes that can be done in small claims court, and you get the judgment. But the, the benefit comes from a valid judgment that has been determined to be valid, and the appeal time frame has passed. You now have a judgment, if you're the stable, that you can use in some way to get money back. How do you do that? If you're holding a horse that's owned by the same person whose name is on that judgment, you can arrange to have a creditor's sale. It gets a little complicated, but it also is another way to sell off the horse. Mm-hmm. But you also have to make sure you follow the law when you do that. So, George, the stable owner again, has a fancy show horse that's not had his bills paid. That horse is really quite valuable. And being in the horse business, you know the owner of the per- horse pretty well. And you're quite confident they have the ability to pay the bill, but for whatever reason, don't. Is there an advantage to using option B when you are confident that the owner does have the ability to pay the bill on the horse versus option A? That's a good question, too. Uh, Frankly, A or B. B might be good because the way to get that judgment turned into money could be uh, doing all sorts of things that creditors can do. Garnishing bank accounts, garnishing wages and a paycheck. And then, of course, there's that sale of a horse that you can arrange. But I've got to tell you, interestingly, some of my stable and trainer clients have made some pretty good money by option A when they have followed the stableman's lien law. A public sale occurs, and this $50,000 horse only sells for about 2000 But they followed the law to the letter. Now they've got a horse that's worth a lot more. They get it back into condition, and they sell it, and they make themselves some money. And it's all legal. Oh, so it's so. As far as the law is concerned, if option A is used and the animal is sold publicly, the person to whom the money is owed, the stable owner, is legally allowed to buy the animal. Absolutely. Ah, that's interesting. Even better, um, a lot of the breed registries recognize it, and as long as they're convinced that the sale was done legally, they will transfer papers. And it doesn't matter that the last owner of record doesn't sign them over. They'll transfer papers. But they do need that assurance that the law was followed. So save your paperwork. Absolutely. That's more reason to follow that law to the letter and be ready to prove it to them in any way they want it done. Sometimes it's a form. Sometimes they want a lawyer's opinion. But it can be done. Well, that's very interesting. Um, It's a little bit more complicated than I'm sure most of us think. But um, I guess the phone call to Harold, the attorney that your grandpa used downtown, if you're in a professional in the horse business, it's probably just a smart thing to find that out 
before you need to and just file that away under important facts that I should know? Absolutely. A couple things, too. Tell the, I always tell the stables, use written contracts. That written contract will specify how much the board is, when it's due, if there is interest on unpaid balances, and it ought to be a legal interest rate, maybe late payment fees. Get it all in writing. Also, give receipts. Make sure that you give the boarders, when they pay, proof of payment, if they pay in cash, and that you do, just as you mentioned at the beginning of the call, send those uh, invoices out on a monthly basis. Let them know what they owe you. A lot of stables don't do that. It's a good thing to do it. There you go. Uh, confusion is the worst reason in the world to go to court. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, I well just didn't put. understand. <laughs> well, that's been uh, incredibly interesting. And once again, thank you very much for stopping by, Julie. I learned a lot more again today. Um, I have a headache now, but I'm smarter. <laughs> All right. The goal is <laughs> stay out of debt and make sure you keep your borders under control. There we go. And thanks again for stopping by, and we're going to see you again soon. Well, there you go, and thanks, Julie. To listen to all of Julie's p- tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the Experts drop-down menu on the left. All of the experts are alphabetized and easy to find. You can also go to Julie's blog at www.equinelawblog.com. It's a great place for information, and it's easy to understand, too. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover. You can subscribe to all of the great shows of the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.